So I know like people puts all these nice details and everything uh, about what their objective is and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, it's all a game. The first five lines of your resume should be enough to warrant the person to read the rest. Do you know the most important things to highlight on your resume? How about the steps you need to take to advance your career in the IT field? Well, recently I had a discussion with Arif who has had more than 20 years of experience in the field and has held positions from help desk to director. So stay tuned because we're going to talk about that and much more and we're starting right now. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in everyone and welcome Arif. Do you mind telling us a bit about yourself? Hi Dakota, my name is Arif Khan. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, so on YouTube, I, I run a channel called IT Lifer. I literally started it like a month ago when I have a couple of videos. But, uh, you know, in my day job, I, I work as a senior manager here in uh, Toronto, Canada at, uh, at a company called Life Labs. So I'm their uh, senior manager of uh, network and data center operations. First thing I brought you on the channel to is uh, we were having a conversation offline, really, about resumes and in the IT yeah. field. And uh, if you don't mind kind of like you know, sharing your, your knowledge and your, you know, the tips you have about the importance of your resume. Um, that'd mm -hmm. be great. Yeah. I, I think the, there was a video, uh, and by the way, you do an amazing job with your videos. Like, I think it's such a great service to the community. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I was on there and I was, you know, I started binging a whole bunch of your videos and I think one of them I came across and you were talking about uh, resumes. And I think the comment I left was something to the fact that, the whole, I find the whole resume and application of jobs, it, it's just like a game. So for example, you look at a resume uh, and the first five lines of the resume should be what, uh, you know, um, the HR person reads. And at that point, they decide if they even want to bother reading the rest of your resume. So I know like people puts all these nice details and everything uh, about what their objective is and whatnot. but the fact of the matter is it's all a game. The first five lines of your resume should be enough to warrant the person to read the rest. Once they read the rest, that should be enough to warrant them to call you for a screening interview. The screening interview, you just got to do enough that you get past that so that you get that first line uh, of interviews, whether it's a technical or a manager. And again, that one, the goal is just to get to the next interview. So your resume obviously doesn't get you the job, but you have to tweak it so that you can get to the next step. So that was kind of the point I was making. Absolutely. And one question I get asked all the time, and I'm sure you hear this all the time is, well, mm -hmm. what do I do if I don't have any experience or I'm just getting into the interview, you know, into the IT field, what do I put on mm -hmm. my resume? Uh, that, that's a great question. I mean, if you're getting into IT, I, I assume that at the very least you have to have certain knowledge in terms of, whether you've done any, any courses, any certifications, uh, any volunteer work, there's got to be something, right? Like uh, for, for you to join. So put those up front. Um, again, I'll go back to that whole concept of having your first four or five bullet points. Uh, I call it the like, summary of, of your profile. Um, it's basically your elevator pitch, right? You're basically saying in a nutshell, this is who I am. So if you are a person uh, who doesn't have a lot of experience just getting in, that's fine. Put that in there. Just, you know, to say that I uh, completed uh, this particular course uh, and, you know, this is sort of what I'm looking for uh, in terms of my, my first job, it, it's fine to put that up there. You don't have to, um, you know, make up stuff and, 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 you know, put all sorts of experience that you don't have. That's really the worst you can do. So, yeah, be upfront about it. 
Absolutely. Now, um, one thing I am, I'm huge on building your own home lab and mm-hmm. developing, you know, a way to practice the skills you're learning. Is there a good way to really list those skills and like that stuff on your resume or is that belong somewhere else? No, no, that, that definitely belongs there. Um, because if you are, if, if, if you're sort of presenting yourself as that, you know, new person, new to the industry, you have to, you have to fill up uh, your resume with, with examples of what you've done. So if you don't have experience having that lab, you can put in, in there that, you know, I've, I've, these are some of the various experiments or, or, or setups that I've done in my lab. Um, I'm actually still surprised how many people try to get into IT just on book knowledge and they don't even have a lab. Um, you know, I've been in IT for 20 plus years. I think after 20 years, you just stop counting altogether. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just put 20 plus, but I, I remember like some of my early days, uh, and probably dating myself here, but like when Windows NT came out, uh, I was, I was studying to write the MCSE at the time and I had, um, a lab at home. I had a bunch of machines that I put together and I was playing around with exchange so one of my first jobs when I went there as a systems admin, um, we did the interview, everything went, went well. And and they asked me, so why should I hire you instead of all the other people? And I can't remember exactly what I said, but at the end of it, I said, listen, all these other people, they probably know how to install Windows. They've read the books, they've done the exams, but I've actually done it. I've done it hundreds of times in different flavors, um, you know, in, in different situations where something was wrong. So I have the hands-on knowledge. That was not a work experience, but that was still just enough to get you past the other person. Absolutely. And that, that there is gold information. I feel that is some really great info that really it's what you got to do to set yourself apart. Even when Mm -hmm. you might not be the most qualified candidate in the situation, it's that you you put that information in your resume and it's what's going to get your foot in the door to be able to, show in your interview that you actually have those skills. Um, and you know what? Now, nowadays it's even easier to do, right? Back, back in those days, you actually physically needed a machine. Uh, you needed the equipment and stuff. But now with, with cloud technologies, virtualized, you can have an entire data center running off your laptop, right? So there's absolutely no reason not to have a lab. Absolutely. And, you know, what are some things you would try to avoid on the, the resume? And, you know, is there certain things that you would make sure and aren't, aren't needed on a, a IT resume? Yeah. So um, when I go through resumes and stuff, right, uh, one of the things I hate to see is is, is fluff. Uh, and, and I understand why people put it. And by fluff, I mean, you know, um, I'm, a, I'm a team player who's, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a team player who's into uh, making sure that I give my best effort and this, you know, all sorts of fluffy words. Honestly, don't have time for that. Just get to the point. So take out as much as that of that fluff as possible, because again, put yourself in the shoes of the recruiter or the HR person. They see those flowery words all the time. And after a while, they just, they just blank through it. Right. What you need to put in the limited amount of time that you have, like the attention of the per- person you really need to convey what what is your value prop, right? What do you bring as a candidate to the to the role? If something does not add value to that value proposition of of your profile, don't put it in your resume, right? Um, so you know, it, it, early on, if you don't have a lot of IT experience, sure, put 
put the fact that you worked at, uh, you know, at, at the mall in a store somewhere, that's fine, you know, right? The, 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 that stuff is okay. But as you're climbing up and you're getting more experience and more things, you can start shedding a lot of that stuff. The other way to look at it is early on, try not to have a resume more than one or two pages long. Um, so if you can't fit stuff in there, it, it doesn't make it. Just, just shut up, shed it. Hey, we'll get right back into the conversation here in a second, but I want to talk about something crucial. AI is reshaping our business world and the cybersecurity landscape. As AI speeds up our workflows and opens new frontiers, it also brings complex challenges, especially when it comes to cyber threats. These are becoming more sophisticated and the stakes are higher than ever. AI has created a new form of cyber threats and is lowering the bar for novice cyber criminals while increasing the potential pool of threat actors. At the forefront of this battle is Palo Alto Networks. They are using AI to combat these AI-enhanced threats. With their cutting-edge machine learning models, they offer near real-time detection and prevention of cyber threats. From DNS hijacking to securing AI applications from the design phase, Palo Alto Networks is redefining cybersecurity. To accomplish this, they introduced Precision AI powered by Palo Alto Networks, a proprietary artificial intelligence system designed to enhance security operations across multiple dimensions. So if you're intrigued how AI can safeguard your digital space, head over to Palo Alto Networks and discover how Precision AI automates detection, prevention, and remediation with industry-leading accuracy. Okay, now back to the interview. Awesome. Now, I know, I know we kind of already touched base on this a little bit, but once you get mm-hmm. past that initial applying for jobs and actually get into that interview, do you have any advice for people? You know, um, I know a lot of people are nervous going into the interview. What are some things yeah. you would recommend focusing on um, when you first finally get that interview? Um, so, you know, hopefully you've, you've gotten through all the resumes and all that part. Um, you get to the interview. So, First, look at what type of interview is. Typically, you have a screener interview. It's usually an HR person who may not know a lot about the technical role. Uh, they're just there to make sure that you are living, breathing, uh, that, kind of, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and for those ones, you just want to be as clear and presentable and polite and, and you know pleasant as possible, right? Uh, so that they're like, okay, this is someone we can put in front of, let's say, the technical manager or technical team. If you get to the technical interview, um, what you can you obviously have to know what type of role and what type of technology they use. So you know, do some research. Look on LinkedIn, look on Facebook, wherever you can about the company, what they do, um, and try to find out what type of technology or what they're trying to do. One great piece of advice is um, look at what other type of jobs that the company is posting. If you're looking at, you know, this company is putting a lot of jobs out for, uh, you know, cloud and DevOps, or maybe they're putting blockchain stuff on, you you kind of know which way they're heading, right? You don't have to be an insider to know. You can put two and two together, figure out, and be ready to answer those type of questions and be ready to, to show how you can add value to whatever the company is, is going to. Now, when you go past that and you go more to like a senior manager or a director in some roles, maybe even the VP might might interview you, those, they're assuming that you already know what to do in terms of a technical side of things. So now you're talking about 
is this the right fit? Is this person the right fit? Um, so that's where you want to focus more on, um, you know, answering questions like scenarios and whatnot. So again, to prepare, uh, there's lots of great videos. Uh, in fact, I think, uh, you know, you have some some fantastic uh, advice in, in your video library on, on your channel. Go through a lot of those stuff and um, be ready to answer those questions. Absolutely. And thank you for that. You know, I, I, you know, that's, that's something I get asked all the time. So, I'll, you know, I've tried to put out videos trying to explain that, you know, one of the most important skills in this field is your soft skills and, you know, your ability to communicate with others. And you, you hit the nail on the head when you said mm-hmm. when you, you, you've gone through the interview and you start talking to those upper level people. A lot of times, you know, 10 times more than what they do. They don't know yeah. what you're talking about, but <laughs> they, what they're judging you on and what they're interviewing you is your, your ability to communicate. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that can seal the deal in a job interview is you, again, you might not be the most qualified person applying for that job, yeah. but if you can articulate your words and talk to people in a way that helps them understand and not feel like you're talking down to them. Mm-hmm. you're you're going to stand out so yeah i mean i i i end up interviewing a lot of people who probably won't report to me or maybe even a couple of layers between me um and one of the things i look for is, is really from a communication standpoint and that's huge um is is this a person i want to deal with on an everyday basis right when i go and ask someone for a, a status report or something that's going on or there's an incident and I'm like, okay, so what happened there? Why did that firewall go down? Um, I want a clear cut answer. In the interview, if this person is beating around the bush and not getting to the point, if I'm tired of talking to this person on a 50, uh, 50 minute or you know 15 minute interview, do I really want to spend 15 weeks with them or longer or months with them, right? Um, so that's really what I'm looking for at, at my level is that, is this a person I can communicate with get information from and be able to convey information to and make sure that they can execute without me having to intervene very often. So that soft skill, I think it's very important for IT people. Absolutely. Once again, in the nail on the head. Now I, I have a tough question here for you because we've yeah. all been there. You're you're in an interview and you get an asked a question that you have no clue what they're talking about or you don't have an answer. What yeah. do you do? Um. So it's good to pause, right? Uh, a lot of times you can use a lot of techniques where you you can just ask the interviewer to repeat the question, not in a in a in a, a sly kind of way, but you know you can just sit back and say, "Well, you know that's a great question. What would I do if blah 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 happened?" Well, this is what I think, right? So this kind of buys you time while you're thinking, right? So that's one. Two, um, remember when we talked about preparing for the interviews, and part of it is is having blocks of information, sort of like your your highlight reel of stuff you've done or that that you're worth, have those ready. So you have a couple of things here that you want to talk about. And the question is here. Well, see if you can somehow tie that into something that you're already ready and prepared to answer and it makes you look really good, right? Uh, I can't really quite think of an, uh, an example right off the bat right now. However, um, you know, maybe they ask you about you know, what, um, what's a difficult question? Like, you know, if I went to your manager or a previous manager, what would they say that you have to improve? That's one of those, tell me some of your uh, bad qualities kind of thing. It's <laughs> yeah. another way of phrasing it, right? It's, it's always a tough one. Well, you've already prepared for the whole, tell me three things that are not good about you. So this is just one aspect of it. So now try to link it over. 
where you're like, well, I don't know what, what bad things there would be. However, this, this, this happened, and this is how I solved it. I could have done better here, and that's something I should improve on, or that I, or even better, that's what I've gone away and, and sought to improve. Um, but this is what I think would be a, um, uh, an area that I, I could use improvement on. So you've, you've kind of taken something that you were unprepared for and sort of link it to something, one of those blocks that you're already prepared to talk about. Well, what, what kind of uh, what, what kind of tough questions have you had? Or is there, as you as an interviewer, do you have a couple of favorite gotcha kind of questions that you ask people? I haven't had to do too many interviews in my position. Uh, okay. The ones that always get me is the 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 tattle on yourself uh, interview questions. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the Tell me a situation and a time you had a conflict with another employee. Yeah. What did you do to resolve it You know, and run through all the steps? And those always get me because uh, I think I've been fortunate. I haven't actually had many of those situations, nice. so I don't have anything yeah. to draw back on. <laughs> so, you know, when I first started, I always kind of almost had to fabricate a story and, uh, <laughs> And it always failed like halfway through. I was telling the story and it, it was like, what am I saying? And, uh, I finally, you know, I, I learned that, you know, I, I just need to be honest in the interview. First of all, and just, just, just try to tell them what I would do in that situation and just say, look, you know, I really haven't ran across that situation, but if I was put into a situation where such and such happened, this is how I think I would react. This is the steps I would take to resolve it. And if it was unresolvable, this is what I'd do. I'd bring it to a higher level management or mm-hmm. something. And you know what? That's that's key is, is being genuine and honest. Um, because I'll tell you, the higher you go up the ladder in the, in the, in the IT corporate chain, um, the BS detector of people is that much more acute and fun. You know, they, they know exactly. They can smell people BSing a mile away, right? So... Um, yeah, always, always stay, stay honest on that, on that aspect. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that's one thing I have noticed. Uh, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've moved from help desk to director in three years, which is unheard nice. of, I think. Very, very and um, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm coming up as a year, my year mark as a director. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see the way the interviews change when you're going for that entry level help desk position. Yeah. In my, in my interview, I was, he, my, my boss told me I was the least qualified person Mm -hmm. and he had people with college educations and all these degrees, but what stuck out to him was the way I communicated with him and just my honesty. You know, he, he called me out on it in my interview. He he's like, you're almost honest, too honest to a fault. Um, but I like that about you because you're sincere and you're caring yeah, and that goes a long way. And uh, yeah. when you start going for, I think those higher level positions, they really don't care as much if you know the skill because it's it's the work ethic and habits that's led uh-huh. you up into that position. Yeah, I mean to to an extent, you know, you, you yeah. can't go in there with absolutely no knowledge and just you know, you know, lying till you make it or no, wh- whatever course. the term is. Um, you know, Google, fake it till Google you make everything. It. Fake it till you make it. There you go. You can't <laughs> Google everything. Um, yeah. but uh but anywho, yeah, it's 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 one thing to keep in mind is you're already in this work field and you're looking to advance your position, the interviews are gonna change and you're gonna to me it actually got more relaxed. Um it seemed like the interviews were less pressuring. They weren't testing my knowledge more or less. They were testing yeah. my reactions. And uh, does that that yeah. seem like an adequate, you know, explanation on that? 
No, 100%. Uh, when you we start off uh, at the entry level positions, right? It's a lot about what you can do, right? Can you do this? Can you, you know, manage this Active Directory or can you set up this Linux box, etc., right? It's it's very technical, hands-on. When you go higher, it's not only can you do it, but can you like not only can you do things that are structured and predetermined, but can you fix things when they go off the rails, right? That's more of a senior role. Then after that, when you get to, let's say, uh, whether it's an architect or, or a team lead type of role, it's not only can you do it, but can you manage other people or can you help other people also understand it and, and mentor them? Then when you go off, you get to a point where you either go and manage projects, manage technology or manage people. So PM, architect or, or a manager. That's when your expectations change, right? Now it's not just about can you do these things, maybe not so much hands-on, but can you lead other people to do it? So for a project manager, right, can you lead other people to, to keep on pace, on time? For an architect, it's can you lead other people to give you the information and set up the things that you are preparing for them? And the toughest, I find, is the manager because uh, a lot of times you are like, I could just do it. You just want to push the guy to the side and just, you know, go go on the console and do yourself, but you can't. As a manager, you have to get the skills to now get other people to do the to to do the task. So, in an interview setting, depending on what area of your career, sorry, what level of of, of your career you're in and which area you're going to, the questions are going to be less about your technical knowledge and more about your situational knowledge on how to deal with each aspect. So I want to jump back actually for a second here yeah. and talk, go back to the inner, uh, the resume. Mm-hmm. So as your career is advancing and you're going for these higher level positions, your resume is obviously going to have to adapt yep. and you, you still need to highlight your, your physical skills, but how do you, how do you convey those managerial skills that you've developed over the years? How do mm-hmm. you get that into your resume in a way that flows easily and will catch their attention? You know that this this is a uh, it's funny because I had this this exam uh, sorry this exact same question that uh, uh, one of my guys asked me in my one on one one of the managers who reports to me, and he's like you know a couple of years ago when I was when I was doing hands on stuff um, I could fix a firewall I could set one up and on my resume I would be able to put that you know I, I've set up this Meraki or I've set up that particular firewall or F five. Um, now as a manager, I can't do that. I feel like I don't do anything. It's my team that does everything. So in your resume, if you're at that level, the way you would say it, you no longer say that I set up the F5 load balancer. What you would say is that, um, I oversaw the team that implemented this new firewall solution, or I, I, I oversaw the implementation of this new, uh, application that went into production, et cetera. Right. So your success is is dependent on your team success. So if your team succeeds at something, you are allowed to put that in your resume to say that yes, I was part of um, the, the the per- I was the person that sort of oversaw that and may- and helped to make that happen. You know, I really like that. You know, your success is based on your team success, and that's the way mm-hmm. I view really my career. And it's not just my team, but it's my entire organization. I really yeah. care greatly about my organization. I come from a, um, a lot of small organizations and I want to see them succeed because I know if they succeed, I'm going to succeed. If they grow their business, I'm going to be able to grow with them. And 
it's that kind of mentality that really, I think, can set people apart in this field. So I hope that discussion sparks some action items for you to take on your IT career journey. And the number one thing I want you guys to take away from this is you do not need to wait to apply for IT jobs. If you are interested in making a career change or advancing your career in the IT field, you need to start applying for those next level jobs today. You know, a lot of people think they need to wait and have IT certifications or more training or more experience to be able to apply for that next level job or even that entry level job. But that is just not the case. I'm going to talk more about that in next week's video. If you have any questions at all, please make sure and put them in the comments below. I try to get back to every single one of you. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that thumbs up. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, take it easy.